0: The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. B7Dev.com is the app development firm dedicated to helping entrepreneurs go from app idea to success because they understand startups and don't charge you huge fees just to get your app off the ground. Learn more at B7Dev.com. Dot .com Tired of overpaying for App Store optimization? Get unlimited ASO and app marketing support to increase your keyword rankings, downloads, and more importantly, your revenue. Learn more at asomasters.com. What is up, App Nation? Welcome to another Friday YouTube live stream where we bring on a guest, break down what's working in the app space to help you bring in more downloads and obviously more revenues. And today, we're going to talk all about scale, how to actually scale the right way. And joining me, it's a friend of mine that I've known for so long in the app space. He is the CEO and co-founder of Pollen VC, the company that's going to provide you with non- Dilutive, so you're not going to get diluted in your company capital to help you scale your mobile game company or your app company. But here he is. He is Martin McMillan. Martin, welcome back. I think you're on mute, my friend.
1: Hey, can you hear me now?
0: Yeah, I, I was like, I just heard oh, you. I heard
1: just it. talking. I you, you've been muted. I'm like, oh, you wanted me to speak. <laughs> <laughs> hey Steve, very what
0: nice be you, how are you? I am, I want to say hi to Yash, he's here, we got the Adrian here, LTV money tree, love it, and then Miguel says, hey fam, it's Fridays with Appmasters, Masters fam, for those of you who aren't familiar, Solanto, what's happening man, and then we got Patrick who says hello Martin and Steve, alright Martin, let's kick it off, so we want to talk a little bit about LTV, really cool, I mean the, here's what I've learned, Martin, through my business, LTV is the main number you should be looking at. I mean, that is the prominent number. If you want to increase your revenues, increase your LTVs, obviously increase conversions, all that stuff, but it is the primary number, the metric. And that's completely, when I focus more on the LTV of our customers, that's completely like dramatically increased our business by just focusing on this particular number. So I fully believe in it, but yeah, I'll I'll kick it off. I'll let you lead our discussion here. Do you want me to show this
1: yeah, um, well, let, let's do a bit of preamble, and then we can go through some of the tools and stuff we 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 Like, so if you if you think about it, so LTV is really like a like a north star goal, right? It's how much you expect to make <clears throat> from a user uh, or a co or a users if you're looking at it that way, over time. So, how much revenue uh, are you going to make? So, there's two things that are really important in deciding if and when you're ready to scale. Um using paid u a as a channel, which is basically like how much how much in and then how much out how much in how much money in is your acquisition cost your c p a your c p a however you're however you're looking at it, and then the l t v is the ultimate amount of money you expect to recover now l t v is not just a journey it's a number it's a journey right so if you look at it, you actually want to plot it out really it's a curve. And LTVs can be very short dated. You may extract all the user value in 30 days from a hyper casual game, or you may measure it in years, you know, months or years, depending on the genre, right? So you may have some kind of utility app that you're extracting value. People keep paying for year after year, as opposed to like a, a game where people play for a week or a month or a year before they get bored. So LTV is not just a number, it's a journey. And it's really important to think about how long that journey takes you to get there. So, so at, at Pollen, what we do is we, we provide um, debt capital where uh, we call revolving credit facilities to help scale um, games and apps using, um, using paid acquisition. So <clears throat> one of the things we found, we've, we've been doing this since 2015. So we kind of planted the, the, the flagpole in the ground on this entire kind of um, uh, space in, in 2015. And the business was launched because I, as an app developer myself, couldn't find a financing partner who actually understood how this business worked. So um, the, the the biggest challenge we see um, as a, as a provider of debt capital um, is basically most people don't really understand how to figure out those economics. So over the years, I think we first launched these in twenty seventeen, maybe twenty eighteen. Um, we have on our on our website here this sort of whole suite of calculators that. It's basically designed to help you visualize not only LTV but also ROAS parameters, return on ad spend parameters, and visualize this whole thing effectively as a uh, as a journey. Um so what what we're gonna do is um I'm gonna look at it here, uh Steve. Can you hand over control yes, to me? Yeah, yes, we're looking at, yeah, we're yeah, looking well, at your here, screen rather I, the screen.
0: Yeah, there you go. Okay. This is your screen now.
1: Cool. Right. So this is mine. So this is a tool that we've been that, that we've had and we've been refining and, and and so on over the years. Right. And if we go back to first principles about what LTV is, it's obviously this amount of money that you you're hoping to extract from users over time. And in doing so, what we're trying to visualize here is this investment equation. So there's three things I care about because user acquisition and mobile is nothing more than an investment equation when you strip it all back. And the things that matter are how much in. How much out, and how long does it take me? How, how long does it take me to get there? <clears throat> Specifically, how long does it take me to break even? So, if I've got short break-even periods, that's great because I can accelerate my business faster. If I put a dollar into user acquisition and it takes me a year or eighteen months to break even, then it's going to be it's going to take a lot more capital to um, to uh, to to get there. So. What we have here is just this visualization of a user acquisition um, uh, equation, if you like, which is a really a curve. <clears throat> so what we start off with here in the top left. Here we're using retention data, so we're pulling data out of any you know any of the packages where you can pull um, uh, pull retention info, and it's basically saying how long you know after day one how many people stay in my app uh, after day seven, day fourteen, day thirty, <clears throat> and right up to one hundred and eighty days. So we're building a curve of how long people actually stay um, within the game or within the app. Then we're looking at um, two other things to give us the baseline. We're looking at opt out, average revenue per daily active user. Again, you can pull that out of any of the analytics packages, and the base CPI. Right. So this is you know call it CPA, CPI, whatever you want to call it. It's the acquisition cost to actually acquire that user um, based on a cohort now below there's a few other there's a few other parameters right in order to start any kind of user acquisition campaign <clears throat> you're going to need to have some money right so whether it's the thousand bucks or 100,000 bucks or a million bucks you have to to have some money to shunt the ship out of port um so we take into account here in helping you model this you know how much you're currently spending how much you'd like to be spending and then also a couple of other other factors, right? I don't want to get bogged down in this, but you know, do you get organic users off the back of the paid ones? <clears throat> a couple of other things here around um, uh, around monetization types as well. So, you know, if you're if you're ad monetized and you're working with a with an ad network who pays you net sixty, that's going to take a long time before you get the cash out before you can reinvest it. Or are you on Google Play, which is net fifteen? It's much much shorter. So. Time really matters. And then lastly here, we're going to look at an interest rate. <clears throat> so which is um, if you were using external capital to support and pay for your, your scaling, then obviously the cost of capital comes into it as well. But let's focus just on, on, on this just now. So what we're saying is <clears throat> we're, you know, based on this profile, we're looking at uh, investing $1.20 and breaking even around day 33. So pretty short. Um and then after that we start making a profit uh until we get to um an LTV number of a dollar ninety-seven after 104 days. Now, of course the graph goes on here, but at some stage you have to call it and to say, well, look, at some stage the, the, the gradient here is so flat that I'm just gonna call it off, you know, when I think it's um <clears throat> I think this is the, the 90% level, something like that. So essentially it's just an investment equation, a dollar twenty invested. Gives me a dollar ninety seven after one hundred and four days, giving me a profit of seventy seven cents. Far too many, far too many folks in this industry just focus on ROAS. Like at a hundred percent ROAS, they think their job's done. Not at all. At hundred percent ROAS, which is the point that you've just recouped your ad spend, all you've done is you've paid Facebook or TikTok or Google or whoever enough money. Right. Your profit starts after the ROAS is recovered. So it's super important to remember that. So we can play around a bit here. If I want to, for example, and and this is always a feedback loop, right? Your your, uh, product team, your your BI, your finance team, your user acquisition team, everyone should be totally fluid and in sync with the expectation and the goal of improving these numbers over time. And so um, obviously, if you're able to make tweaks within the game or tweaks within the app, and you're able to you know, keep people playing and paying for longer, that's ultimately gonna drive more lifetime value, more long-term revenue. So for example, you know, if we do something in the product that increases our day 14 retention from 8% to say 12%, what I'm gonna do here is these curves are gonna redraw and it's gonna mean that, okay, I'm still breaking even around, uh, around the, the same point, maybe a little bit quicker, but, my profit's going from 77 to 87 cents over time because I'm, I'm keeping people more engaged and they're they're spending more. Um, <clears throat> so this tool here is really, is a completely free to use tool. We don't ask you for a bunch of data or anything. You know, it's a sandbox environment where you can model these numbers and try and arrive at your own investment equation. And there's basically, there's there's three steps in this process of scaling a game or an app through PageUA. The first question, you need to ask is, do I have a user acquisition machine? right? So can I invest a dollar, whatever, and actually make a profit? Will I get my dollar back and will I get something on top? And unfortunately, for so many app developers and game developers, they just can't. The acquisition costs are too, too high for whatever their LTV profile is, and they just can't. So if you're investing a dollar, and you're getting 90 cents of LTV, then there's just no point in doing user acquisition because you're just setting out to lose money. If, however, you're investing a dollar and you're making dollar twenty or $1.50 or two bucks or whatever, then great, you have a machine that works, in which case you move on to the second stage. <clears throat> the second stage of that machine is, um, okay, we've got a machine that's working, how are we gonna fund this machine? Right, and the the funding question is actually a really easy one. It's a really simple, dispassionate um, waterfall of different funding options. Right, it's what we call the capital stack. If you look in our, if you look in our blog, we have a a very well-read article post a couple of years ago called the capital stack: how to optimize um, uh, how how to optimize user acquisition. Maybe I'm just going to pull it up here. Actually, we can. uh, uh, can Yeah, I got it up. so and it's it's really just this right so you've got this machine that's working so let's start off at the very top of the stack if you're able to get credit terms right if you're on invoice financing where you don't have to pay for 30 days or whatever from Facebook or Google or TikTok or whoever um, you should totally use that first because that's effectively free money you could look at it as this is a a risk transfer, an LTV recovery risk of transfer from you onto them. Now, the reason they give you credit is because they want to keep you spending more money on the platform over time, just like any kind of trade credit. But if you're being really, uh, if you're being really diligent, it's effectively free money, and you should use that until you cap out the credit line, <clears throat> or you need additional cash to, um, to to pay it back. So once you've exhausted that, you go down to the next one, which is your cash of the bank. So if, for example, I've got another game or an app that's throwing off a bunch of free cash flow that's sitting in the bank earning half a percent a year or 1% a year, then if you can take that and deploy it into ads and make more than return you're getting in the bank, then rationally you should do it. Now, there's a bit of a distinction here between the money that you have from a free cash flow from from a game or an app or something and let's say the money you've just raised from a venture capital fund, right? So just because you've got five million bucks in the bank sitting there doing nothing, <clears throat> if that if that money is earmarked for products and building teams and hiring team members and so on, then you don't want to be tying that up in user acquisition. So um, I'm going to I'm going to put an asterisk against um, the the cash at the bank. Um, <clears throat> the next one, and to be honest, a lot of people don't don't really focus on this, but we saw it a few years ago where people would try and use the, use the interest-free payment on a credit card in order to fund their user acquisition. So some people did it really, uh, really uh, successfully. And there are, you know, there are a couple of people I know who will probably never pay for another flight um, uh, <laughs> with their own money because they've had so much money and, and, and made the points from it. But Increasingly, this has gone because there are too many factors, right? The interest-free period, when it needs to be paid, it, it was it was causing too much of a, a stop start in, in how UA was getting funded. Um, <clears throat> so then below that, you go to lines of credit, right? So you look at um, the type of uh, credit facilities we provide are called revolving credit facilities. And the two things that make up the amount of available credit are, first of all, the amount of money that's trapped up in the payment cycles of the ad networks and the and the app stores. So that can be anything up to 67 days on iOS. It can be up to 90 days for some of the advertising networks. And so first of all, we look at that and we, we pull in all that data every day and allow you to borrow against it. The second is what we call residual cohorts. So this is basically the way to think about it is if you press stop on all your user acquisition today, how long does it take for all of your, or most of your users effectively to, to come out of the app or stop paying. So it's this long tail. <clears throat> you can borrow into the long tail. Um, so below that, you get to the next, um, you know, most expen- more expensive and slightly higher risk, right? So revenue-based loans are some of these guys that say, well, look, I'll, I'll lend you money. You put it into user acquisition and I'll take a share of the revenues until I've been repaid. So that's typically, you know, if you look at that versus, you know, a revolving credit line, a credit line is based on things that have already happened, right? Either the sale has already taken place or the customer has already been acquired. <clears throat> for revenue loans, this is very speculative and and effectively a bet on your ability to program user acquisition. So it's more expensive, you know, potentially more risky both for the lender and also the the studio. And right at the very bottom of the stack, if the equa if the equation is still working and you've exhausted all of these other options, then by all means go and raise equity um, to put into it. But essentially, you're, uh, you know, at that stage, you're diluting your own ownership of your business. And um, it, it, it's very, very rare to see scenarios now that people people need to raise equity because they've exhausted all, all these other um, funding options. Um, so, this is the the, you know, this is the, the the concept of the capital stack. So it's a, it should be a very simple, dispassionate journey through these different options until you get back to um, <clears throat> until you get back to your uh, investment equation. So maybe we can flip back onto to my screen, Steve, and I'm going to just show the um, show some of the, the the other parameters behind it. So. Um, so essentially, and again, if you have, uh, we'll do a little quick tour of the tool. Um, if you want to focus here, the different tabs along the top. You look at LTV and ROAS. Um, <clears throat> so, what I want to know here is this is just focusing my on my journey and my ad spend journey. So, I'm breaking even after 25 days. Anything I can do to get the break-even period shorter is just going to help me grow faster. Um, and then also uh, anything to you know to increase that sort of LTV over time. Um, It's just going to, it's going to mean I make more money. It takes me longer to recover it, but it's going to mean I'm going to make more. So what we're then going to look at is basically, if you've got the, the, these positive economics and you're looking to borrow, to keep fueling the machine, I think the way to think about it is this, Um, Steve, if you and I went to Las Vegas, which in fact we've done before, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But not, right. So we go find, uh, we go find the slots and we find a machine that pays out $2 for every time we put in $1 into that machine essentially right so, so this is our this is our money printing machine think of it this is our user acquisition machine no. so the question is let's we find this machine that pays out two every time we put in one question do you wait 30 days until the next payment cycle before you go back to that machine no you want to hit hit that machine as hard as possible until what will happen is at some point it will stop it won't pay out anymore in which case you need to leave that machine and stop putting money into it so slightly crude example but 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 this is um, this is essentially it now so let's say uh, now that you have to you have to you're, you're looking to borrow the money to reinvest in something now there's a very simple equation here. <clears throat> that, that that comes into play, which is, you know, what's my cost and what's my return. So we're going to come back to that in a second, and I'm just going to show you the modelling of a cash flow. So again, this is another classic mistake that a lot a lot of developers make, which is confusing P and L and cash flow. which is an accounting term. So P and L is when you are booking the revenue. That every day you're looking at these numbers and stats. That's when you're clocking the numbers in your spreadsheet and you're seeing it booked that's very different from when revenue actually hits so uh, you know you'll have a you'll have this payment delay um, which is which is going to really impact your business so what we do here is we model a couple of different things so we've got this starting balance of hundred thousand dollars here so if you look at based on these numbers if you look on day zero uh, you have the red column is you what well, either way you've got hundred thousand bucks Now what we're doing is let's focus on the red line first. So what we're gonna do here is we're gonna take the 100,000 bucks and we're gonna spend it on a linear basis over 60 days. So that by day 60, if you look at the red number here, we've got basically zero. We've spent essentially all of our money on ads. And what we're waiting for is day 67, we're gonna get our first payday. So between day 60 and day 67, we go fallow. And then day 67, we get a bump. So in this case, it's an Apple iOS payout. And then what we do is we take all the money we've just been paid, and then we allocate it on a next 30 days basis to spend on more UA uh, until we're going to get paid again. So what happens is you see this sawtooth pattern of like, I'm taking my 100,000 budget, I'm investing it as efficiently as I can. And then basically I want, basically the day before I get Paid. I've exhausted it again, so I'm using it as efficiently as possible. That makes us the that gives us a spiky cash flow that makes us the red line. And then, if you look at the the cyan line on the top, all this one is doing is saying, "Well, look, what I'm going to do is every seven days, I'm going to borrow money against my previous seven days of revenue, and I'm going to reinvest it back into more cohorts that I know are ROI positive. So mathematically, I'm going to make more money. And so. It enables you. So this is the idea of like, hey, you are paying someone a couple of cents of in in order to get the dollars to reinvest faster in order to make another dollar. If we go back to the slots example, right? So this is basically, uh, and, and this is how some companies um, that that have used these sorts of financing techniques have been able to grow, you know, very substantially. I'm going to say a caveat here because this is not either raise venture capital or use credit facilities, right? This is always a blend of the two. Um, I mean, like a decent amount of our deal flow is referred by VC funds saying, hey, we've just seeded these guys $3 million. We don't want them to spend all their money and trap it in the user acquisition cycle. So can you come in alongside and provide this credit facility so that when they get economics that work, then you know they can hit it. And But actually really... To be candid, some of the best scenarios are where people are bootstrapping, they haven't raised external capital, they've got these economics, and then it just gives them more gas in the tank to grow. So it's basically, a, you know, it can be a, a phenomenally effective um, way to scale, which brings me to the third part of the machine. So first part of the machine to recap, is do I have a user acquisition machine? Second part is how am I gonna fund the machine? And then the third part is like, how do I know when my machine's running at full capacity? Now, the full capacity argument is basically, it's just effectively demand and supply, right? So what happens over time is your your acquisition costs are going to rise over time and your LTVs are going to crest over time. So what happens is you're just going to gradually make your ability is going to gradually be decreased over time until such point as the economics don't work anymore. So what we're looking at then, and I, I'm not going to get technical about it, but it's basically if you're in a niche market, your acquisition costs are most likely going to rise pretty quickly. If you're in a very broad market, like a hyper-casual game or something, your acquisition costs will rise by a couple of cents here and there, but you can you, know, you can increase your bids and have another... You know, twenty million, you know, potential users in your in your thing. So, this is basically around sort of demand and supply curves, how niche your app is, etc. But that that's basically the you know the, the the concept, right? How do you how do you um, plot this stuff out? How do you map it? And then lastly, I'm going to go back to you know, and this comes down to how do you scale it. So, if I go back to my nice pretty graph here, a dollar twenty in, two dollars eight, you know, eighty seven cents a profit. I'm I'm all good, but what I really need to look at is just the brass tacks, just the math behind it, to see how I'm going to fund this most efficiently. So if I look here again, this is much less pretty, but you know the the fact is very factual, right? So our our equa- equation here is basically I'm investing a dollar twenty. I'm going to break even an expected break even day of day twenty five. Um, That investment goes on to yield me an LTV of 207 days, but it takes me 103 days to get there. So what we're looking at is basically, so if you look at it on a how much in, how much out basis, I'm making, call it 72.9, 73% return on capital, and it takes me 103 days. Um, So that's great, but you comparing anything over a 103 day time horizon is pretty clunky. So I'm going to break this down to a monthly return on ad spend. So basically what I'm going to look at, I'm just going to divide it by 103 and multiply it by 30. So this this is something that's more comparable against different user acquisition opportunities. So I'm making a 21% return on capital on a monthly basis. So if I have to go and borrow a dollar to put into this machine, let's say that dollar cost me 1.5% for the month, I'm still making A 21.2% return. So once I subtract the financing costs from the overall return, I get my adjusted financing costs. So this is the ROI after the cost of financing, which is you go from 21.2 to 19.7. So it costs you a little bit, but actually it's kind of fractional. The other thing is for every dollar you're paying in interest, you're making more than $13 in return. So that's what tells you is like, you know, is this type of alternative financing a good way uh, or financing or not, so that's you know uh, in in helping people understand LTV and you know how to how to model these things, it's a, it's really really important to have a handle on these numbers, not only what the absolute numbers are, but how long it takes you to get there and what this sort of this running yield, if you like, of your user acquisition is um it is over time, and then with knowledge comes power, right? So once you've got the uh the the right information in front of you you can figure out how you're going to how you're going to finance it
0: Hey, Martin, where do where do you guys fall right here where does pollen fall is it the revenue based loans that you guys fall in here? Uh, a little yeah.
1: bit above a little bit above that so the lines of credit so the okay. you know what what we do as a business we 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 look at we pull in data which is all from all the app stores all the ad networks and we work out what has been earned but not paid and so, and you can borrow as much if you want as that very next day. So it's very very quick. And the other thing we've more recently introduced is what we call the cohort residuals. So if you press stop on all user acquisition just now, how much like long tail value is left in your existing users? What's the predicted expected okay. value of those? And that's where you can borrow. And and the real thing is, like these events have already happened, right? Um, okay, with. The cohort, not all of it has played out, but the users have been acquired and you are at some stage on that cohort journey, right? Which is why it sits in the lower cost, less risk bucket than revenue loans, which are a kind of clunky tool, which is basically someone taking a bet on your ability to program Facebook and Google ads, right? So it's more expensive. It's a bit more hit or miss.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love how you got, you're very... You're very transparent. Like, hey, look, you're the least expensive ones, and then when you're ready, you can come see us when you're you need right here.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's right? really important to us to make yeah to 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 help people make the right decisions. That's why we invest, you know, all this time and effort building tools. We very often build scale up financial models and so on because if you're just trying to shoehorn someone into making the decision, it's, you know, it's never the best outcome, right? If you're trying to effectively to persuade this as a, you know, this is the best form of financing, but the user acquisition metrics are terrible, that relationship's over in two months, right? Um, So it's way better for both parties to say, like, is this an effective way of financing? Are we a good fit for you as a financing partner? What can we do to be helpful in terms of modeling and scaling? And then, you know, for our own business, sure, it's really, it's good when people are making informed decisions based on data and metrics. Love it.
0: The, what, oops, let's see, there you go. What I can, looking at this chart, I love having this data because I agree with you when you first said it. Like, it's just understanding math, right? That That's what it is. Running a business, just sort of understanding the funnels and the math formulas. It seems like the net ARP DAO is that, this is more focused, this calculator is more focused more on games? Yeah, or...
1: yeah so 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 this is a um this is based on free-to-play right so it's a single shot model um we are doing some work at the moment on a subscriptions version because we're seeing more and more um you know uh, just and we're funding more and more you know um subscription apps whether that's you know health and fitness or lifestyle or whatever right across a bunch of different genres so so whilst this is great for free-to-play games it doesn't It doesn't map it for, um, for subscriptions. So anyone interested in, in that for subscription apps, then, you know, send me a LinkedIn uh, message or something like that. And I will let you know when we've got something for you to take a look at, which is going to be, it's going to be pretty soon.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't have anything fancy like Martin, but I did put together this spreadsheet and can google youtube it and it's just the conversion rate analysis and this is more for subscription-based apps and how we sort of calculate the simplified version of it's not ltv but i'm like hey you can only go up from this number so we kind of look at revenue per download and it helps you decide because that's the thing working with multiple clients in this space martin i found that they just don't understand these numbers like where is it that we can improve on the conversion side is it the you know the paywall optimizations, there's a lot of parameters here. And then just understanding these numbers for them, breaking it down, being like, all right, here's the gap in your app. Here's how we're gonna fix it. Here's how we're gonna grow it. I've kind of put this together. And so this is this is very simplified. It doesn't have all the fancy stuff that Martin has up here, but it's more like just for you to understand the downloads, revenue revenues per download and how much you can invest if you're trying to get a two at two ROAS or you know, three row S or just break even. So it gives you a break even part number. This is the easy thing for me. Cool, Martin. Anything else you want to add on? As I was thinking about this.
1: um, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, it's just like, I look, I mean, it comes down to this sort of like, what we're trying to do is to break it, break everything down to brass tacks. Right. <clears throat> and, yeah. you know, I mean, OK, we're not, you know, we don't get super deep in products and all right. So we've got our own kind of lane, which is looking at looking at these metrics. Now, there are obviously there's two things you can do. You can uh, if you want to, if you want more clear blue water in that investment equation, you can either look for cheaper installs or you can do things within the, the app or the game to optimize the LTV. So <clears throat> for a long time, you've seen people, you know, it's just it's just been about price um and i think now there's definitely a focus around saying okay how can we use data to understand player behavior or user behavior in the app or the game over time and what you know what techniques can we can we employ to keep them playing and paying for longer so whether that's retargeting or it's you know it's live ops events or it's um you know it's uh, season passes or, or or whatever it might be there's lots of uh Lots of different mechanics. I mean, ultimately, the the ex- accepted theory has always been that if you got good retention, you can figure out monetization. Yeah. I think people are good, are you know, are, are generally getting better. If there's real, you know, if there's affinity towards an app or game is, is delivering real value, then you can keep people, um, you know, pay, paying for longer. <clears throat> Just maybe one last thing around forecasting, you know, very very long uh, LTVs is that. And, and trying to trying to provide some practical advice over what sort of app or game you want to um, you 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 wanna, you want to you want to build. So focusing on the break-even time is really important. Um, and I'm just going to give you two bookend examples here. So one is a um, you know one's like a hyper casual game break-even day five make a 20% return by day 30. It all happens really quickly. Because you're breaking money, uh, you're breaking even very quickly, you can recycle money very quickly and you get an outcome that's pretty certain pretty quickly. The downside is it doesn't have much longevity. So then you look at the other side. So you look at um, maybe uh, something like a puzzle game or a merge game. They've got much longer uh, life cycles, right? But, you know, let's say you wanted to... um, you know, to to really invest and try and scale a game that's going to be—we lost them. This three years. You know, it's just one of these games that gets baked into people's daily routine. So, uh, you know, we've we've had conversations with people looking. You know, we think it takes call it a hundred thousand dollars a day of spend to really scale a game like this, right? Maybe it's more. So. So if you've got the scenario where your break-even period is so long, let's say it's 360 days, and then you've got someone wanting to spend $100,000 a day to get the game really well-known and really embedded people, <clears throat> it's going to cost you $36 million of invested capital before your first cohort is projected to break even, right? So, So some of these, you know, and this is how in a changing world, right, in terms of... You know, this time last year, there was a lot of VCs chucking big rounds, tens of millions of rounds, into some you know high potential, long LTV games. That's where the money is. All the rest of it, and I think people are realizing that when you when games take so much money to scale, um, then it's I think venture capital investors have got less appetite now for these really like long term bets. They want to see results, you know, more quickly. So. That's not to say, you know, one year LTV games are not great and, and can generate cash flow for years. <clears throat> but just the, the the risk in order to actually get them up the the charts and the curves to get them to that level of revenue, revenue generation, it just takes a lot more invested capital. So I think founders should always be cognizant of um, how much money it's actually going to take given the you know given the break even periods now sure you may be able to fund some of that in debt and you don't have to do the whole lot of equity that's great but still it's a bit like you know if you could con- compare it to different farming different crops you could say i'm a salad farmer I've, i'm farming salad greens it takes me 7 days from seed to market right so the you know the worst thing that can really go wrong is my hydroponics blow and i don't take my you know peppery rocket to market next sunday easy short short outcomes right then you've got um you've got like a really long-term crop so i don't know how long it takes like maybe a sugar cane or something like that so you were talking about you know not just a year maybe it's even longer than a year now okay so i might be able to take that that you know that crop to market and make a lot of money out of it but as a farmer there's a long journey between when i'm planting the seed i have to water it fertilize it nurture it all the time before it's actually going to it's going to yield anything. Now, there are a lot of things that can happen that you don't have much control over, right? So you have, um, you know, you can have droughts, you can have floods, you can have all sorts of unforeseen weather events and so on that's going to that's going to throw your ability and damage your crop. So I think, you know, I, I, I quite like the farming analogy uh, when thinking about it. How much is it going to take? How much nurturing before you're going to see anything off the top? And, you know, do you have either enough money in the bank or investors who share that appetite in order to, um, you know, in order to get that crop to market.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. I love it. That's a great analogy. I love it. I don't know if I have come up with the right plans. <laughs> I'm glad you did. <laughs> All right, Ryan. So I do want to ask you, you said the you're working with more subscription based apps as well. What is their main, I guess, problem that they're looking to solve? Like what, what are you facing when you're talking to them?
1: with subscription apps it's, it's you know i mean really the the underlying use case is the same people are like people have figured out okay we've got something that's that's we understand these metrics the money is the money's coming in and essentially they just need more capital to put into it so you know they, you've, they've they figured out they've got the machine the machine is working and whether that's a subscription app or it's a free to play game whatever it's the the underlyings are pretty much the same so they they realize there's something that works um and in order to scale it, then it's just a case of how do I find capital? So whether it's going out and raising equity and diluting, whether it's using your free cash flow in the bank, whether it's raising a credit facility to fund it. The the underlying problem is pretty much the same for those guys. One observation is it tends to be, I mean, with free-to-play games, it tends to be people want to really shove money on the fire and really try and scale it and make the whole thing go exponential as you know, as we've all heard about. Um with subscriptions, it tends to be a, a, a longer, slower, flatter burn that people are looking at. <clears throat> so, recognizing it's not something you go from a, you know, a hundred to a million to five million super quickly. But because you're building up this kind of nice recurring base over time, you can you can afford to do it a little bit more slowly. You don't need to overpay for users so much because you're building up. Effectively, you're building up with a subscription business. You're building more inertia in the flywheel. So, if you've got something that um, you know your acquisition costs may be higher, but once you look at your churn of monthly or quarterly or semi annual or annual users and obviously the more data you have the more um the more comfortable you can get with setting with setting um you know your your bids once you've got like for example how many of my year ones renewed into year two that's gonna give me a lot more uh, it takes a long time to get that information, but it's gonna give give me a lot more certainty to you know, to to figure out how I'm gonna how I'm gonna you know keep spending. But I think like the the underlying yeah. the underlying kind of use case is is the same for same for both.
0: All right, Samuel's here. I know you're late, but I want to do say want to say hi. Somebody from your team showed up, Martin. So that's good. And then Ferky's here. We got Adele and then Debbie. Hi, very well explained. So good stuff there. You, One thing I did want to ha- highlight was just some of this adapti go check it out adaptee.io. they help you with the paywall optimization but I did you know want to talk about LTV and the things that I've discovered just for those who are new here you know when we talked about increasing LTV especially for subscription based apps like think about the type of plans that you want people on and the uh, the big <clears> eye-opener for me was like the weekly is actually a little bit higher than the yearly and I had a couple of clients actually tell me this didn't actually believe them and then when Adaptee said the same thing I was like okay I'm obviously wrong here. So think about how you can structure your plans. Think about what the pricing model should be. And that's what it really comes down to for subscription-based apps. What I've found is messing around with obviously the paywall optimization, the onboarding, trying to so those conversions, but also the pricing of the apps. And one of the apps that we've, worked with you know it was just in an, and app purchase we changed it to subscription and we pretty much in month one made the same amount of revenues that they did in all of last year and so it tells you the value of like really looking at the numbers and understanding what you can charge the market has seen to and just a simple switch in the way you charge and not in the features you're able to pretty much you know 10x revenues just like that so i wanted to end with that as well okay let's get in to the the dad joke and the app audit segment of the show <laughs> and so if you guys want us to take a look at your app just go to appmasters.com slash audit appmasters.com slash audit now there is a long wait so put it in there we'll get to it especially if you're on a budget we will definitely get to it but just know that there's a pretty long wait when you fill out that form because i've gotten some emails more like hey, i got this like six months ago i'm like I'm do, we do two a week like i'm trying to get through all of this Okay, Martin, do you, let me, I, I got this little video. I don't know if... Okay, there you are. All right, Martin, you're the guest. Do you want to, you have a dad joke that you want to tell us about? Or you want me to delete it off? And then in the comments, people are going to vote.
1: I, and of course, I'm a, I'm, a, for sure. I'm a dad of three, so I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty used to it. I've got a good uh, armory of, of dad jokes.
0: Okay, you roll? You go first. you want me to go first?
1: Uh, I'm going to go first. Okay. How do you turn a duck into a legendary soul singer? How? Oh. Put it in the microwave till it's Bill Withers.
0: <laughs> All right. I like it. All right. I've got one. What do you call a bee that works for the government? A Politician. There you go. I wanted to find something nice. Paul and D related. Well, yeah. there you yeah, Randy like on Randy. <laughs> All right. We got Adil. Oh, I think a You might be in the comments or yeah, you are in the comments. All right, Adil, We're looking at your app. Let me pull it up. Here's his app. He does want help with ASO, but I wanted to kind of have Martin on here because he's pretty good. He's worked with a lot of games too. So I picked out a bunch of for them. So it looks like you're just getting started because you only have two ratings, but mid-ages, okay. I'll, I'll kick it off, Martin, and interrupt me anytime. Here's what I like about this. It reminds me of other games I've seen, like, I forgot what they're called, but uh, there's ones that I've worked with from Woonga as well. But, like, I like taking a known gameplay and then trying to find from an aso perspective certain keywords around this and i don't want to reveal the clients we work with but there's one client we work with where it was like a diner dash type of game but he made it for a different category that he knew had aso traffic and so he ranks really well for that aso and then it's a well-known gameplay so from a retention and monetization standpoint he's already figured that out so that's what i would do with it looks like a game that a gameplay i don't know i haven't played it we'll get into it but it looks like a gameplay that we've known and you know it works in the space it's just do you find middle ages is it dragon? what do you, you got to do a lot of keyword research to figure out like what's a keyword that people aren't focusing on and then go after that particular keyword kind of like this other client did with diner dash so that's what i would say from an aso perspective anything you want to highlight here martin from just like overall visuals or app store presence
1: um you know i i'm not i'm not the best guy to 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 go like super deep into the into the the visuals of the game but i can i can offer an opinion but i think i mean like we we're a lot more kind of data driven right so i would be looking at you know what uh you know once you get into the game what are your what are your uh what's your retention like i just focus on retention right so, so look at things like the apps via benchmarks for your genre see how you're doing see what everyone else is doing right you there are there are great platforms uh, we love working with the guys at magic for um, in terms of um, just app store research to see who's doing what it's very easy to then look at the look at the differential in um, in ad creatives in uh you know, in in app store presence stuff. If if you've got a if you've got a, a platform you can go to, you can sort of compare these things. And it's, and it's always, you know, sometimes it's it's the things that you never think that are going to make the big difference. So it's always going to be, you know, <clears throat> a, a lot of different um, AB testing and and um, just you know, don't don't be uh, don't be afraid afraid to, to to try crazy things.
0: Yeah, I like that. It's all about retention. You said it before. It's like, once you figure out retention, and the cross road developer I've had on, he was saying the same thing. Like, once you figure out retention, we'll figure out monetization. We'll eventually figure it out, especially for games. So here's what I'll do. Adele, like Alchemist, you kind of had that. I was just kind of reading through all this stuff. It's like, all right, cool. Like, this could be a particular keyword, so I'll do some keyword research on that. And then maybe the game be called Alchemist as an example. So like, here. Uh, I did see it. Alchemist right here. 27. So it's not bad, right? But it could be, the theme could be based off of that magic versus like what you currently have with middle ages because you just put mid ages. But this might be a pretty competitive keyword, seeing a lot of different games in this category. So you might not be able to beat these guys, but you might be able to win on the Alchemist. So that's how I started thinking about ASO, especially if you don't have a big budget. That's... That's what you got to do. Okay, let's get into the game itself. See if I can pull up the sound. And so, Martin's point. This is what he's talking about. Like, hey, what is the retention? How many people make it through this first-time user experience? Feels like Monsters Legend. What, Dale? What are you? What did you base it off of? Cool. I need some votes for the jokes, guys. So, everybody put. M, if you thought Martin's joke was better, put S, if you thought my joke was better. All right, congrats. You won their first battle. Let's beat them again. Start. That sucks. E- uh. So, Dale, I'm trying to tap somewhere and I don't know where to tap. It looks like you're going to need some improvements for your equipment. Fine. Okay. I just have to keep tapping. What do you feel about the me losing the story of Martin? I kind of didn't like it. But I guess, like, uh, you know, I didn't like that I lost in the beginning. I'm a little confused. So having played this, Martin, what kind of data would you want to see right now?
1: Uh, <clears throat> I, I mean, look, it's, it's just about, I, I think you've got your, your onboarding experience. How how quickly can you convince people? Like, what should I be doing here? I mean, uh, my kids get me to download games and stuff and, and try them and stuff. Half the time, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what to do. So obviously, like you know, yeah. in, in terms of tutorials, just making it obvious, just like coaxing them through that journey. And if you can get them there and you can get to the, the point that they're getting some some value, they figure it out. Then you're gonna you know, you're gonna keep them. You're gonna get through that sort of big day one hurdle.
0: Yeah, agreed. Right now. Adele, I wouldn't want, that's the data I want. How many people make it through this long onboarding? It feels, now I'm not post long onboardings because obviously, you know, sometimes we've seen stats where people who make it end up being the best type of customers, best type of users. But again, for me, it feels a little bit long. I didn't like the fact that I lost in the very beginning either, unless you've got some intel that does work. But that's just my feedback right now and it feels a little bit too long. So I'm curious to see where people end off. Hopefully you have some tracking on to to know where people are headed. Right now I just it feels too much. Like you're I don't know how long I've been going, but I don't want I'm my feeling is I don't want to go any longer to this app. Like I'm done. And I didn't really read through exactly what I had to do. But if you have some stats, you'd be there, all right. Give me some stats. We're really trying hard. We are having a hard time finding. Well, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. That's the problem with ASO. Either you you your rank well for a certain keyword, or it's trying to do a lot of research to find those keywords in there. And then I don't. If you you want me to take a look at the Android, you know, just send that along with me. And then Joe gives feedback. The app icon isn't really conveying anything to me. There's some disconnect between the icon and the screenshot in terms of style. Take a quick peek on that. Agreed. Yeah, you got this person and the little characters. It's a little different. Good on you. Yeah. And Joe's got some feedback as well. All right, Martin. I think you won the first round. Luke gave you and Nam. We didn't have too many votes. And Allison gave you the joke win, too. All right. And then he says, we will shorten the tutorial. Adele, I'm not saying you need to shorten the tutorial. I'm just saying, if you have the data and nobody makes it through the tutorial, I'm just giving you my feedback. So it's just one person's opinion. But if you have the data that says, hey, hey bring in you know 100 downloads, 1,000 downloads, how many people make it through the tutorial? That's probably more indicative than just one, one man's opinion. Okay. And Adrian. Thanks, Adrian. Shame count in counting these votes. All right, Martin. Round two. That's one for you. <clears throat> you want to go first? You want me to go first?
1: Uh, you go first this time. Okay.
0: Again, these are all pollen-related, so I found a lot of bee jokes. What do you call bees... Whoa, I'm sorry. What do bees like with their sushi? Wasabi. Wasabi.
1: Uh, what do you got? So I tried to keep this one a little bit more um, uh, on topic for the audience. Um, why don't marketers like uh, trampolines? Why? They're afraid of the high bounce rate. I love
0: it. All right. All right. Vote M for Martin, S for Steve. Let's see if there's a tiebreaker. We'll get into Bilal's app right now. Say goodbye. Hit the app and download. So, doing a little bit better. So, it looks like a car simulator type of game. We saw this, I think, a week or two ago, similar apps like this. So, we want some help on an ASO standpoint? I think, look, guys, if if Drifting Game is super competitive, don't go after it. Like, try again, back what I said games, I feel like are really hard for ASO. And that's why UA is so important. Like Martin said, understanding your numbers, figuring out what works, using the calculators from Pollen to really get a sense of what the what the game has. Like what's your retention going to be? What's the monetization? All that jazz. Because you're going to have to really drive UA. For a game like this, like again, think about what is seen. The other game that we looked at last week was, I forget what the popular... The, maybe it was a Rolls-Royce drifting game, but it was a Rolls-Royce, you know, simulator. So again, they are, you know, stealing the brand. And like, that is more interesting from an ASO perspective, despite the, the brand, stealing than your ASO car drift bro drifting game. Like, there's nothing here that's even interesting. So whether it's Tokyo Drift areas, are there popular cars that you can, jump into and start really like muscle cars type of cars that you might be able to rank for. That would be more interesting from an ASO perspective than you just trying to go after drift game or drifting bro. All right. Debbie's cheating. You can't do MNS. Come on, Debbie. You got to vote. Pick one. Sophie's choice. Okay. The Yeah. I don't, I don't know if there's, if there's anything else, but run some ads, man. Like run some Google ads. See. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the game real quick. Yeah, tell me about App Magic, Warren. Okay, I like this. Here's what we have seen from a monetization perspective work really well is video ads on daily rewards. So, allow me to double up of daily reward by letting me watch a video ad so if from a ui it feels like i'm claiming this 500 coins versus my day one of 100 coins well and then you show me that yeah, come on this is the worst ui ever like allow me to double it then i know going in that i'm going to be watching a video That's it's annoying i just want to leave your game already I think you have to give her a raise, Warren. M, I'm new here. I have to side my boss. <laughs> right now, I'm winning so far. Steve, Steve B, are you gonna tie it up, or are you gonna, you know, you're gonna have to pick one, Deb? So, all right, let's take a look at this. Did I accidentally? So, UI didn't know. I- those five coins you gave me a hundred and show me an ad. Bad blah, bad. All right. Let's get into next. See now you let me watch a video ads for Oh I gotta buy. Whoops, my bad. Let's just play this real quick. Oh, we t- we're tied. We're tied. Okay, we need one more vote. So let's get into this gameplay. Okay, I like the banner ad here. Didn't know I'm going backwards. This is the problem with like a lot of driving games. The controls are just so hard. A crappy Android phone that I have, but feels very laggy. Well, and like too sensitive. Like if I'm just driving backwards right now, it just feels so sensitive. Oof. Yeah, I'd work on the controls a lot. Again, it could just be my crappy phone, but you are on Android, so there's a lot of devices you have to pay attention to. But this doesn't feel like a good, smooth gameplay. Right, let's just go straight. Oh, she is. And the turning seems off. Mm. Okay, I'm out. Work on the gameplay, figure that out because it's a little frustrating to play. That's what I would do. All right, Mark, I should go back to like non games. All right. What's new on the pollen side? You got Allison. What else is happening?
1: Um, yeah, we we are uh, we're, we're growing pretty nicely right now. The um the market, the change in the market is actually a good thing for our business. I think for a long time there was a lot of people just thinking, oh, the VC market is just like everyone's chucking money at me. We'll just go and raise another five or ten or twenty or whatever. And actually, now yeah. what we're seeing is people are starting to be a lot more, hey, you know, let let's conserve what cash we have. Let's be just be a bit smarter about how we fund it. So, in in a way that user acquisition should just be completely outside the sort of the the capital decisions about am I going to build a new game, build a new app, or whatever it may be. So it's just like you isolate it and you just look at it on a clean room basis: is is the machine working? But I think from um you know we've been doing a lot of um, uh, education, we've been building a lot of financial models with founders to show them how these how they can scale up, and it's kind of a little bit refreshing because it's it it's been really. It's been really frustrating watching people just raise money and you know big big rounds of venture capital, which just gets shoved into user acquisition, which they didn't need to do. Essentially, what they've been doing is being giving VCs uh, an, an equity return for taking debt risk. So now you're seeing people, now you're seeing founders start to get a little bit more smart about how they are thinking about financing their businesses, caring about dilution. You know valuations are not so sky high these days. And so, yeah, just the, like there's a little bit of, um, you know, more of a focus on on just common sense as opposed to like a super frothy market, which is, you know, uh, it, th- things always change over time. So, yeah, I think, I mean, like it's um, it, there's a much over needed correction in financial markets. Um, and from a founder point of view, it's uh, it's good. People are starting to to, to grasp the idea of. um of uh, capital efficiency and how they fund and just caring about caring about dilution. Cause it's, uh, you know, it's, it's important to to make sure you hang on to as much as you can um, as you're, as you're growing your business.
0: Yeah. it's Just easier too. you don't have more people to talk to. It's just, it becomes a bigger headache in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it can take that. you three to six months to raise a venture caps around it. Take like seven to 10 days to put a credit facility in place. So if you've got something that's working then you know you've got to you got to value your time as well.
0: You don't have another boss VC come in down on you. All right so here just want to cover some of the pricing and eligibility to work with Paulin. So it looks like 25,000 right Martin? monthly revenues?
1: Yeah, yeah we look for a, you know kind of minimum threshold of about 25k a month. The most important thing is basically you've got you've got a need for the capital right? So you know if you come and say like oh I'm about to go out of business I need to you know I need to draw a month's revenue that's not going to work if you come if you come to us and say hey we've got this we've got this and we've got this formula that we think we can scale from x to five x or ten x before the economics go then you know that that's great <clears throat> there's one problem there's one uh, customer scenario which we love which which we call internally the hair on fire problem which is when you realize that every day you're not you know, taking out this money and recycling it back into more user acquisition, you're leaving money on the table. So we love it when we get a when we get a hair on fire um, uh, customer com- coming in. I- in reality, most of them are in, you know, they're in a soft launch phase or they're testing, they're trying the metrics, they've got some metrics. And now they're saying, okay, now we need to think about how we can do this sort of uh, more efficiently.
0: Love it. Once again, it is pollen.vc, pollen.vc, if you want to check them out. Martin, if the audience wants to connect with you in any other way, do you want to send them anywhere else?
1: Uh I the best way to to, to get in touch if anyone's got any, you know, either on the subscription app calculator or any other questions is probably on LinkedIn. And just mention mm-hmm. the uh you know, just send a reach out request and say something about, you know, the um uh the uh, the the Admasters show or whatever and I'll I'll make sure to 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 respond straight away.
0: You can talk about you can drop my name. You can drop Allison's name. And that might get you even higher up too and be like, hey, what's up? I saw Allison. So once again, it is pollen.vc. And then Martin's LinkedIn is linked up into the YouTube description as well. So you can reach out to him, say hi. You got a lot out of this. Like Adrian did. Thanks, team. Lots to digest here. All right. For next week, we're going to talk all about Apple search ads. We've got the guys from mobile action and search ads.com. Gonna we're gonna really break down campaign structures the hack to really grow on Apple search ads. Once you understand your numbers, your LTV, all that stuff, and you want to scale using Apple search ads, well, we're going to break all with you next Friday, same time, 9 a.m. Pacific. So join then. Martin, thank you so much for coming on and doing this.
1: It's great to be here, Steve. Thanks very much for inviting me on again.
0: This was awesome. Thank you guys for watching. I'll see you next Friday. Have a great weekend. Bye.